Good afternoon. Welcome to All Sports Talk, a Tuesday edition in the borough, a hot one again. No relief in sight for the high school players. Thank goodness uh, they've got uh, another dead period this week. Maybe it'll cool down just a little bit. The looks of things, they wouldn't be able to practice at all this week due to the 104 heat index or whatever it is, unless they got out there early. But we are going to talk some football today. We're going to talk a lot of things today with Sam Dalton. Uh, he is the beat writer for GoBlueRaiders.com. And if you don't visit that site a lot, I uh, urge you to do so. He's got some really good content on there, and uh, we use a lot of his content in the Murfreesboro Post, as a matter of fact. But anyway, Sam, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, okay, how did you end up being uh, – the beat writer maybe first take us um back a few years you know where you know where you grew up where you went to school and all that good stuff well well i guess i got started on this path really uh back in high school um you know i, I joined the student paper at my high school rj reynolds high school in winston-salem north carolina if anyone happens to be from the the piedmont triad in north carolina that's listening in um, and, and really enjoy being a part of journalism program. I had a really awesome uh, advisor named Steve Hamp, who was a sports writer for a couple of local papers, the High Point Enterprise, um, before he got into teaching. And, you know, he, he, he tried to discourage me from going on this path because, you know, there's a reason I guess he switched to, to teaching. But I, I was just too in love with, with, with telling stories and getting to know people um, in my community that way. And from there, I went to UNC Chapel Hill. Um, and attended the journalism school there. And while I was there, I worked for uh, the Daily Tar Heel, which is our local student paper at North Carolina. Then I worked for a website called ArgyleReport.com, which was started by uh, a man named Turner Walston, who actually was the uh, similar position to me, was a beat writer for Carolina's athletic site um, before he started Argyle Report. And got a lot of really great experience covering a plethora of UNC athletic teams there. Spent a lot of time with the volleyball program, the softball program, and then eventually uh, men's basketball and football as well. Um, and then from there, I, you know, I, I sort of took a meandering path. I actually went and worked at Disney World for a year, um, and then the pandemic happened. And then after the pandemic, I ended up uh, freelancing at, at Wake Forest University's athletic communications department for a bit, learned a lot there. And while I was there, I met uh, a man named Shelby Salkar, who was a former intern over here at Middle. And when the beat writer position came up, uh, he encouraged me to apply, and that's how I met Tony Stinnett and Mark Owens and, and all the other great people we have in our athletic department. And that's how I ended up here. And so how long have you been here? Uh, I'm completing a year in just another week or so. I think I got here on the 11th, July 11th last year. So I'll have one year officially with the department next week. All right. Well, again, you do a good job. I was wondering, the, of course, you know, various sports writers go through this when they leave one paper and go to another. But I would think there would be – you know, a few challenges involved coming to a place with where you don't have a lot of familiarity with it. Yeah, I know. I mean, that that was a different challenge for me. Obviously, I was coming in and I sort of, you know, had to really take a crash course um, the first, you know, few weeks I was here. I mean, I remember vividly um, talking to our former men's basketball contact, Eric Biovich, and he just gave me a rundown of all, of all these players on the team. And obviously, with the men's basketball program, you know, there, there have been some players moving in and out in the past year or so, and that was true with the football team as well. And so uh, I read a lot of stuff by, by the, the former writer here, Josh Vardaman. I you know, read some stuff from Cecil Joyce over at the D&J, read some stuff in the Murfreesboro Post as well, just trying to sort of absorb 
as much as I can. And, and obviously, you know, people within our flight department, people like Chip Walters, who's, you know, obviously our play-by-play voice on the Blue Raider Network, um, as well as the other SIDs were a huge help as well. But, yeah, I mean, that was really how I spent my first month here on campus. You know, thankfully coming in July in college athletics, there's no games going on, so you, sit, you have some time to get your feet underneath you. And that's really what I had to do is I, I spent a lot of time reading in my first month or so here. Um, just, just trying to learn where these programs were at and, and, and where they were looking to go in the near future. Now, do you focus um, – I know you've done a lot of basketball and football, but um, do you branch out if there's a story out there to do for another sport? I, I try my best to. I mean, you know, I'm working on a story right now about one of our, our men's golfers, Michael Barnard, who won the Conference USA Championship this past spring. Um, you know, I wrote a story on our volleyball team who had a pretty successful season, one of the most successful seasons they've had in, in almost a decade um, this past year during the fall. So I, I try to branch out as much as I can. Obviously, football, men's and women's basketball take up a lot of my uh, day-to-day <laughs> responsibilities for sure. But as much as I can, I try to get to the other sports because we do have a lot of really successful programs all around the department here. Um, you know, the baseball program had, had one of its best seasons um, in the past few years this year, so it was really fun following them. And obviously our track program continues to excel at a high level. We recently had two, two of our athletes become Nigerian national champions, I believe, um, at their national meet a couple of weeks ago. So lots of exciting stories all around the athletic department to tell for sure. You know, somebody asked me, you know, how do you do a feature story on somebody that you really don't even know, have it maybe, maybe hadn't even watched them play or that type of thing? And, I, and, you know, my answer was, well, if you've got a – if you've got a good subject, partic- particularly one who doesn't mind talking, mm-hmm. uh, that story can almost write itself, you know, in well, in many way, in many ways. Because, um, you know, if, if 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 some people they're very shy, but if they open up to you, you'll find something out about them that maybe there was no other way you would have ever known that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot of those feature stories can come down to the actual subject of the piece. And, you know, part of that for me, at least, is doing some homework beforehand. A lot of times before I'm talking to a player, obviously I'll go to, you know, their, their biography on our website at GoBlueRaiders.com. Often has a lot of interesting information, even beyond the stats. Often their personal information will, will, will teach me something about them. And, and even if you have a subject of a story who maybe isn't as open or maybe he's nervous talking to you for whatever reason, Often the people around them, their coaches, their teammates, um, can give you a lot of insight um, into who they are. You know, I'll give you an example right now. I'm working on a story about a safety on our, on our football team, Marve Miles Glover, um, who had a really bad knee injury um, that, that kept him out of the season last year. And I was talking to the athletic trainer, Keith Bunch, uh, for the football team, and he told me about just one aspect of how he was looking to try to recover from his injury. Um, and how he often tried to use meditation music um, during his rehab process, and how that was, you know, really unusual to keep, but really effective for uh, Marve. And so, you know, just li- little thing details like that often make those stories really special. Well, and there's certainly plenty of mo- plenty of stories over there because everybody's got a story, as they say. Mm-hmm. No, everybody's got a different pathway to how they ended up at a school like Middle. I mean, you, you've got a bunch of players, obviously, that are recruited out of high schools, sometimes even local high schools, uh, to come over to middle. I might often be very familiar with middle even coming in for that. And then, you know, in these, uh, this age of college athletics, we also have a lot of students coming in from other schools, whether that be, you know, a four-year Division One institution or a junior college. 
And so it, it's been really exciting for me to, to, to hear everyone's different stories as, you know, my first year here has gone on. Of course, um, speaking of football, I guess uh, uh, a lot of the athletes, or most all of them now, are here on campus. So uh, uh, it's kind of the calm before the storm as far as football is concerned, but there's still a lot going on over there. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, this week, as you mentioned, the, the dead periods for the high schools. I think it, it, it's a similar aspect right now here um, at school. I know the, the 4th of July weekend, uh, a lot of players got to go home, visit their families, which is obviously really important. But, you know, you know, the workout room has been really busy. They've got a lot of workout groups going on right now. And that's, you know, exciting to see for us, at least, because, that you know, that just means that fall camp's right around the corner. And, you know, come August, I'm going to be a lot busier than I am now, for sure. Just as a, as, you know, as a very interested onlooker, how um, how important do you think the um, bowl win was for MTSU as far as having a carryover effect into the winter and the spring and and then now? Oh, I mean, I think it was huge. I don't think you can, you can underrate the impact of that. Obviously, you know, that was a team that was in need of some postseason success, you know, that they hadn't been to the postseason for a couple of years until last season and, you know, hadn't won a bowl game since I believe the Camellia Bowl in 2017, if I remember correctly. You, you can double check me on that one. But they, they, it's a team that's needed that, that sort of proof of concept, I guess, and really got it in a big way against a very good Toledo team down in the Bahamas last December. A really solid game. You know, Middleton was, was playing their fourth different quarterback that was really playing a lot of minutes and Nick Barriato. Um, and really came together as a team and played a really complete game, and they're able to put the Rockets away late. And so that, that's carried over really well. You can see it particularly in, in units like the defensive line, which has almost everyone back from last year. Um, so so hope, there's hope, I think, with the coaching staff and with the players that sort of success and proof of their success is going to continue into, into this season. And Vadi Otto, you know, what a crazy story that was. Yes, no, un- unbelievable. Um, honestly, looking back on it, you know, true freshman coming in, you know, probably was going to be either the third or fourth string guy, and then you know, a, a couple of breaks. You know, Bailey Hawkins takes a step away from football. Chase Cunningham, you know, tearing up his knee, and you know, he ends up you know getting the call, you know, going up to Western Kentucky, and then uh, obviously has a really rough debut against the Hilltoppers. I believe he threw five interceptions that game. But comes out of it, keeps his head together, you know, brushes himself off, and ends up having a really successful end of the year. And now he's, you know, looking ahead with the new offensive coordinator, Mitch Stewart, and you know, going to compete for the starting job this year. And so that's that's really exciting for him. Yeah, I mean, you talk about something that ruined your confidence that first game he had, but like you said, he learned from it and bounced back in a big way. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it, it honestly, it was, it was incredible to watch firsthand him coming off that game. Yeah, and a really tough spot to be thrown into. Obviously, that Western team last year was very good, one of the best teams they've had up in up there in a while. And they've, you know, Nick came in there and, and did his best, but it was able to brush himself off and adjust himself, and the, and the coaches were able to adjust with what their game plan was to get the best out of Nick as well. And I think that really that really helped him going forward. And, you know, he's been very impressive this spring with the new offensive coordinator, as I mentioned, Mitch Stewart. I know has been you know, impressed with the way that Nick carried himself and the way that he handled himself through spring ball. And I know that he's got a chance to take that starting job come fall camp as well. Sam Dalton, the beat writer for uh, BlueRaiders.com, joining us today. This portion of the show brought to you by First Bank. 
where the bank remains true to its ideals since founded in 1906. That's First Bank. We'll take a brief break and be right back. Welcome back in to All Sports Talk. Sam Dalton, the um, beat writer for BlueRaiders.com, join us. Now, you mentioned uh, fall camp coming up, but you're right out there in the in the mix with them every day, aren't you? Yeah, I try to stick around. You know, obviously the, the workouts, you know, for me at least, there's not so much to garner from that, you know, when they're lifting weights and everything. But when, once camp starts, you really can get a lot of, of little details just from watching them out there during practice. Um, that, that's an exciting time for me because I can come into work wearing shorts because we're going to be outside all day. And so I get, to, I get to take off the slacks a little bit and go out and get in the heat um, some, get, get a little blood going. Um, but it's, you know, I, I really can't wait for it. You know, I, I, being a sports writer – you really live for for those game moments, um, and, and get fall camp coming around just means those game moments are a little bit closer. And so it was nice to take a little time back in the summer, but it's starting to get to the point of the summer now where I really am looking forward to those September kickoffs for sure. One thing I think is a, a good thing for um, the fans is when you, you, you do a notes package. You know, the little quick hitters, you know, you get a lot of good information out of that. Well, one thing I love about our Monday notebooks, which are, which are you know, we, we put out weekly uh, when we're when school's in session, basically, and we try to put them out, you know, maybe once a month during the summer, is there's often a ton of info, not just about, you know, football or basketball, but about all of our sports. And it's, it's a good way to recap the entire week and see how the volleyball team's doing, how the softball team's doing, how our cross-country team won the conference title, uh, and so on. And so it's a really good way to get a good overarching view of how the athletic department's doing. And I really have a lot of fun putting those together each week during the season. Well, I know Chris um, Massaro, uh, MTSU AD, has got to be happy right now. Uh, the high, I think the highest finish ever for MTSU in the um, Learfield Sports Cup. Uh, I think they were right in the top 100. And I think the highest point total they've had maybe ever. Yeah, I'm not sure about it. It was certainly the highest in Conference USA by, by a decent bit, as you mentioned, in the top 100 nationally. And, you know, that's a credit to a lot of, you know, our, our best programs on campus. You know, men's tennis got a chance to be the national seed uh, for the first time ever in program history. A top 16 team in the country, you know, got knocked out in the round of 32 in the NCAA tournament, but you get a lot of points there. And, you know, obviously the, the successor track program continues to have after the, the passing of Dean Hayes. Uh, has been remarkable. We had a lot of athletes have really, really exceptional years, um, both indoor and outdoor, as well as the cross-country teams sweeping the conference tournaments. And so you, you get a lot of those director cut points from, from teams like that, but really just a, a really successful year around the entire flight department. The bowl win was huge in that department. And it, it's always exciting to see, you know, across the department, teams having success. You know, one, one thing Chris always talks about when I talk to him in our, you know, sort of, once a semester Q&As is that, you know, rising tide really lifts all boats. And I think that the athletic department is evident of that right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, you know, it's obvious you got some people or a lot of people. All right, how you doing in football and basketball? But, you know, um, you're there to be judged across the board. And, again, one of the better uh, years across the board that they've had in a long, a, a long while. Absolutely, and you know, and I do think that you know the success that football, men's basketball, and women's basketball had collectively together this year also really helped with that perception as well. You know, men's basketball having a, one of the biggest turnarounds 
in NCAA history this season as far as year-to-year win totals. I'm getting a chance to go down there, get into the finals of the CIT tournament, um, taking UAB to four overtimes in the conference tournament, who eventually you know, made the NCAA tournament themselves. And then the women's basketball team making the final four of the WNIT. So when you, when you look at the, you know, the three sports that might be considered revenue sports across the board, that's three really successful seasons for them. Obviously room to grow for each program, but really feel like each of those programs are all moving in the right direction at this time. Yeah, you know, when you talk about the men's basketball program, they, you know, I still contend if they cut one less turnover in that second or third overtime, they would have won that and played for the overall championship. And, you know, we talked about the bowl win carrying over for MTSU. You know, the, the men's basketball program is taking steps. They took a huge step, but I think coming up that close – uh, that should really fuel their fire going into the off season, and obviously in the upcoming season. Absolutely, you know, I, I was out at, at practice just just last week watching these guys work out, and you know, ha- having almost the entire team back, losing Don Sims and Josh Jefferson um, from the guard rotation, will, will be big shoes to fill. But Jalen Jordan's going to be coming back off injury, and then having all those you know really lengthy and athletic wings that uh, Coach Nick McDevitt's brought in. I mean, they were an incredibly exciting team to watch last year. You know, coming from a school like UNC, where I, you know, obviously basketball was a huge deal when I was in college covering those teams. Um, you know, last year's team was Fred here in Middle was just as fun as any team I covered at UNC to cover. They, they were exciting to watch. And, you know, as you mentioned, a couple breaks either way. You know, they could have a CIT championship. They could have a Conference USA championship. And, you know, getting a team to that level where you're that close, it was a big step from where they were before I came here. And I'm excited to see where they continue to go from here. I expect they're going to have another really successful year. And I hope they keep playing that brand of basketball that really brought fans back to the Murphy Center this year. You know, marketing people can rack their heads trying to get people to come to games, come up with this kind of promotion, this kind of promotion. At the end of the day, if you win, people will come and – as I had a buddy of mine tell me, he was, you know, I went to every, um, just about every men's and women's game and never saw anybody lose. So I left happy. I left the gym happy every night. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that was really what was unbelievable about both those teams this year is that the fact that they were undefeated um, in the regular season here at the Murphy Center. And, you know, it was great for me because, you know, I, because I cover both teams, I typically don't travel on the road with either men's or women's basketball. So every game I was covering, was a win you know I, I didn't know how to deal with you know a losing press conference until we got to the conference tournament and then so that was really what made the season really special for me in my first year here is you know what what coach McDevitt and coach Insel and their staff and their players were able to do here in the Murphy Center playing really exciting basketball all the way around and getting the city of Murfreesboro engaged you know I think both of those teams were really easy to root for um, just in the way they play the way they play together unselfish um, and that made my job easy. It made our marketing staff's job easy. And I think it made the, you know, the winter months here in Murfreesboro a really exciting time to be around. No doubt about it. Everybody will be jacked up for that. Of course, we've got football starting up, and we'll talk a little more about that in a minute. Now, do you go to the road games in football? Uh, if they're close by, I mean, the, the way that it, it worked last year, I was, I was, you know, when they're in Bowling Green, I'm able to go, and then when they're in Birmingham with UAB, I'm typically able to go. And so, you know, Western Kentucky comes here this year, and UAB, uh, we actually traveled to them this year with the adjusted 
Conference USA schedule. The three schools barring for the Sun Belt. So, so I'm really excited. You know, I've never been to UAB Stadium before, but I should be able to get a chance to make that trip because it's drivable for us. And I'm hoping I'll be able to get them on the road for, for other trips heading forward. But generally speaking, you know, there's a couple people ahead of me on, on the travel list for a lot of those road games. So, and I'm able to cover them through Zoom a lot of the time. That's able to help get a lot of our you know, TV stations up in Nashville as well are able to easy, more easily cover it through Zoom. So that, that, that's helpful for the whole athletic department for me to be able to cover it from home a lot of the time as well. Zoom has certainly changed. Uh, that's one thing that came out of the pandemic. Uh, Zoom's kind of changed uh, journalist life in a lot of ways. No, no question. Uh, you know, in, in some ways, I think it's better because it gives me different ways um, for me to conduct interviews. You know, I'm able to, to talk to potentially, you know, parents or whatever of athletes, for, for example, a little bit more easily over Zoom if I'm doing something, you know, with our video department here than I, than I would be able to otherwise. And so, so that's a huge benefit. And obviously for a school like Middle that, you know, needs, needs to get coverage a little bit more easily, getting a chance to get in front of TV stations a little bit easier um, can, can be a huge deal as far as getting you know onto the local, you know, 11, 10 o'clock p.m. sportscast at night or something after a game. Um, makes it easier on those guys as well because obviously they got a lot of stuff to cover up in Nashville, not just us as well. Um, so I mean, that, that's been huge for us. You know, obviously there can be some drawbacks at times. You know, I, I do think you can sometimes make a little bit better connection talking to the coaches and players at an actual press conference rather than over a screen. Um, but thankfully, I get a chance to do that every day here at Middle. So when we're talking, when I'm talking to Coach Stockstill or, or Chase Cunningham or Reed Blankenship through a Zoom screen, you know they know who I am, and we've built a rapport before. So that makes my job a little bit easier for sure. Sam Doughton, he's the beat writer for GoBlueRaiders.com. Join us today. We'll take a break. We'll be right back, and Chip Walters will join us with the Blue Raider Insider Report. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. It's time for the Blue Raider Insider Report with Chip Walters, play-by-play voice of the Blue Raiders. Chip, what's up? Well, good afternoon, everybody, and there is some historic news in Blue Raider athletics today. For the first time in 57 years, someone else other than Dean Hayes is the head track and field coach, and that person is Keith Vroman. He has been promoted to head coach of the Blue Raider track and field program. Director of Athletics Chris Massaro announced that earlier today. Vroman will take on the new title for his 20th season as a member of the Middle Tennessee staff during the 22-23 season after serving as the top assistant coach and head cross-country coach for Coach Hayes. During his 19 years with the program, Vroman has recruited and coached 17 first-team All-Americans to Middle Tennessee while winning 17 conference titles while a member of the Blue Raider coaching staff. Vroman has been named Conference USA Coach of the Year in cross country seven times during his tenure, overseeing the Blue Raider distance runners, and has won five of the last six Conference USA titles in cross country. Student-athletes he has recruited and coached at middle have won 102 individual conference titles during his tenure between the Sun Belt and Conference USA. So Keith Vroman, an able assistant for Dean Hayes, has been promoted to the head coach of the track and field program at Middle Tennessee. 
All right, turning to women's golf, the 21-22 WGCA All-American Scholar Team was announced today with a total of 1,485 women's collegiate golfers recognized with this prestigious honor. Middle Tennessee's Molly Bebelar, Sophie Burks, Taylor Edlin, and Madison Smith were all among the honorees. The criteria for selection to the All-America Scholar Team are some of the most stringent in all of college athletics with a minimum cumulative GPA of 3.50. Burks earned WGCA All-American Scholar status for the fourth consecutive season. Bebelar, Edlin, and Smith each received All-American recognition for the second time in their respective careers. So congratulations to those four young ladies who have been named to the WGCA All-American Scholar Team. Middle Tennessee capped off another outstanding academic and athletic year with its sixth best finish all-time in the 21-22 Learfield Sports Directors Cup. The Blue Raiders placed 98th out of 358 Division I schools with 189.50 total points, which also led all-conference USA schools. It marked the fourth time in the last seven years that the Blue Raiders have finished in the top 100 and the sixth time in school history. All six of those top 100 finishes have come under the guidance of Director of Athletics Chris Massaro. In addition to finishing better than all-conference USA schools, Middle finished ahead of other schools such as Houston, Boston College, South Florida, Boise State, and Cincinnati. The Blue Raiders won four conference championships during the 21-22 campaign. Well, the uh, new year is here as far as the fiscal year, school year. We're now into the 22-23 year, and that means we'll be celebrating the 50th birthday of Murphy Center. It was born on December 11, 1972, when Middle's basketball team took on Vanderbilt in the first ever event in the, uh, in the Glass House. Lots of things will be happening over the next year. There will be a, 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 a celebration game, but it will be announced a little bit later. But uh, keep up with everything that's going on, celebrating the 50th year of Murphy Center, one of the most iconic buildings in the entire Mid-State. All right, that's it for today. We'll have more for you coming up tomorrow right here on WGNS. Hope you'll join me in the morning at 9 o'clock. Keel Hunt will be my guest on the roundtable. All righty, Chip. We appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And remind everyone, the Blue Raider Insider Report, brought to you today by Wayne Blair and Rayborn Insurance, Steve Ruckert and RAI Advisors, and Mike Tanzel and My Team Insurance. We'll take a break and be right back. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. Joined today by Sam Dalton. He is the beat writer for GoBlueRaiders.com. Uh, Sam mentioned he uh, went to University of North Carolina. Uh, I guess you, you were treated to a lot of good stuff over there. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, Monty. I was thinking about that the other day, You know, particularly during uh, UNC's men's basketball run to, to the, the final this year. You know, that they made the NCAA final my freshman year in 2016. They obviously, you know, lost on that heartbreaking shot from Chris Jennings to Villanova. And then they were able to come back and win the national title um, my sophomore year in 2017, defeating Gonzaga. And that was an incredible time to be on campus. And that wasn't the only national title UNC won when I was, when I was covering those teams. You know, they won a field hockey national title my senior year, swept the men's and women's lacrosse titles my freshman year. 
And so I, I believe that there, Adam Lucas, who's a, who's a writer for GoHeels.com, similar role to what, what I'm doing here at Middle, um, I believe he tweets this out every time they win another national title, is that you know, I think every freshman on campus since sometime in the, either the 1970s or the 1980s has seen at least one national title um, by a Tar Heels team. So really incredible. And for a young journalists like me, you get a chance to, to cover some really incredible athletes when you're, when you're cutting your teeth and learning the trade. Yeah, I've been fortunate to cover some really good teams. And then, boy, I've been fortunate to uh, go through a season of misery. And uh, is, is, it's, I know it's a misery for the teams because they're not having much fun, but it, it's miserable on the sports writer, too. Not saying I'm out there to be a homer, but you, you get tired of writing about negativity all the time. So absolutely. You know, I, I got really close covering the, the, the North Carolina volleyball program when I was there. I was, I was sort of the, the Olympic sport that I wanted to make my own when I was down there. And unfortunately, when I covered them, they were going through two of the, the toughest seasons they've had in probably the last two decades. Um, got hit with, you know, a couple of, of poorly timed injuries, a couple of poorly timed transfers, um, and really struggled to, to build their roster depth back up from that point. And so, you know, I, I was covering some teams that were clearly struggling to figure it out um, at different times when I was down there. Um, but, but that taught me a lot about, number one, how to cover those teams and how to, how to treat those situations respectfully and then still try to get good stories and good, you know, content out of um, coaches and, and players that are still trying to figure things out. And I, I think that, you know, working with those teams taught me just as much as covering, you know, Roy Williams and men's basketball did um, when I was a student. Hey, the first, um, my first year at the News Journal back in the dark ages, um, uh, I spent most of the year just covering high schools, answering the phones at night, typing in scores. That kind of thing. And then up and behold, MTSU beats uh, Florida State in the NCAA basketball tournament. They were down by like 16 and won by like 18. It was the darndest thing I'd ever seen. And I just went to yeah. that game. And then my boss uh, called me the next morning. I guess whoever the uh, our beat writer was couldn't cover the next game on Saturday. He goes, well, you're covering it. And I went, oh, okay. So it was kind of eye-opening for me. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, at least mm -hmm. trying to maneuver around press conferences and do all that kind of stuff. It was a good education for me because, you know, particularly when I was covering the women, I was going to an NCAA tournament about every year. And uh, so it, it does uh, – you, you gotta, you kind of got to earn – and not, not earn, but you got to ease your way with through, through that. It's a big learning curve. No, no question. You know, covering NCAA tournaments for me at Carolina was probably the most, you know, eye-opening thing to me. It just felt like how the world of media works today in particular. You know, I, I vividly remember covering the men's basketball law. They lost to Texas A&M in the second round of the 2018 tournament. And not only were there, you know, dozens of us, you know, from, from you know, local TV stations in North Carolina to all, all the beat writers, and everything you know, covering this team, and then this tiny locker room in the you know bottom of the Charlotte Hornets arena. There was also you know TV stations from, from China talking to you know one, one of the players on our team who who, who had Chinese parents, um, you know, just talking to him about what it's like being you know NCAA athlete and, and stuff like that. So you know things like that, and also just dealing with the, you know the giant media crowd 
uh, really teach you a lot about how to be efficient with your work and how to work with, with players and try to get them to connect with you um, in tight environments. And, you know, far easier said than done. There, there's pe- certainly people who do a lot better than I do. Um, and, you know, not something I have to deal with, you know, a ton on a day-to-day basis at middle, but occasionally, you know, you do have some bigger press conferences, and it's good to have that experience here when we're playing somebody like Vanderbilt or Tennessee, like the women's basketball program should be doing in the next year or two. When Randy Wheel was the coach here, I covered them over at the the Dean Dome, and um, mm-hmm. I wasn't in all of covering the game and dealing with the athletes. I was in all of how big that arena was. <laughs> it, it is a rather a large arena, you know. I think you know attending games as a student. You know, often I was in way up top in the second deck where where our student section was. That's where my I remember my ticket was for. I believe senior day, uh, my, my junior year, was way up at the top of the second deck. And, I mean, it's really stunning how many people that can fit in that arena, um, for sure. You know, you know, for me, probably the most, you know, jaw-dropping moment was when I got to cover uh, UNC and Duke at Duke my senior year in, in 2019. And uh, a totally different experience being in Cameron Indoor Stadium versus being in, in the Smith Center, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the Murphy Center, I think, seats several thousand more than Cameron Indoor Stadium does. And it's a totally different environment, really intimidating environment for, for opponents going in there for sure. You know, Duke does a good job um, making that place a, really a fortress for them. But a, a very interesting way to cover a basketball game, no question. Sam Doughton joins us today. He's the beat writer for GoBlueRaiders.com. We'll take our final break and be right back. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. This portion brought to you by First Bank. Locations in the borough, Woodbury, Nashville, and 46 others across the state. That's First Bank. Sam Doughton, he's the beat writer for GoBlueRaiders.com. Join us today. Now, i got to ask you something about uh, the inner office workings. Cause <laughs> your, your, your boss is a Virginia Tech grad. Now, what's that week like between y'all two? Well, you know, football-wise, you know, the Virginia Tech and UNC played just before middle played at Virginia Tech the, the next week is football season. So we, we didn't – there wasn't a whole lot of dynamic between me and Mark that week because I think both of us were just trying to get our, our, our feet underneath us. And, and you know, I, I think last year was, was a tough year for Virginia Tech overall. You know, obviously Justin Fuente being like known as their head coach is, is indicative of that. And so I know Mark was frustrated at times with Virginia Tech's play, and I was certainly frustrated at times with how UNC season went last year. But luckily, you know, we're able to get – we're so focused on what Middle's doing day-to-day that luckily that doesn't come up too much. But I do appreciate the fact that, that Mark's always got the ACC network on uh, when I go in his office and, and ask a question because that makes me feel a little bit more at home, for sure, you know, having two ACC guys working together here in SEC country. All right, well, uh, there – as we found out again last week, there's ever shakeups in college football. And, of course, um, Conference USA is going to get a glimpse at that this week, this year, with um, mm-hmm. Southern, Southern Miss being gone, Marshall, and uh, ODU. And I hate losing Marshall because that is kind of an old rivalry back to their 1AA days because they mm-hmm. played in the playoffs. But, you know, that's just the way things are changing they were going to have a big exodus after that so um what, what's your take on you know how the you know the dominoes are falling well i think for where, for where middle's going to be when, once 
all the, the dominoes that have fallen already uh, end up within their final spot. Um, it's going to be a, potentially a really exciting spot. I think, I think we're well positioned to be one of the best overall athletic departments in the new you know, nine-school conference USA. Uh, we get to maintain our rivalry with Western Kentucky, which is, uh, I think, a big deal for both schools that, that we're keeping that old OVC rivalry together um, as much as we can. And, you know, they're adding in four schools that I know the membership's excited about, you know, New Mexico State, Liberty, Jacksonville State, and Sam Houston State. Uh, for me personally, I'm really excited to see how basketball shakes up. Um, New Mexico State and Liberty in particular have been two of the best, um, you know, low to mid-major basketball programs, both men and women, uh, in the country. And so adding those two schools into the five schools that already had a lot of success in basketball are going to, is going to make that conference really, really exciting come that time. And then, you know, football-wise, Sam Houston State's been an incredible um, 1AA, or I guess it's called the FCS these days, um, you know, program for the past few years, as well as Jacksonville State in that regard. And so they're going to make the football a lot better, along with Liberty as well. And so, you know, we're going to continue to be competitive. That's what these Bill Blue projects going on are all about, is making sure that, that middle's well-positioned um, after this current wave of realignment's done to, to be successful in, in the next iteration of Conference USA. And for now, you know, I think we're looking forward to competing against the six schools that are going to be leaving for the American this season. And, you know, hopefully, you know, staking our claim that we're you know, still going to be one of the best programs in this current iteration of Conference USA next year. And I think that the, the, the school's got a real good chance to, to stake our claim in that regard. Looking at the upcoming schedule, it kind of mirrors last year in some ways. Uh, three of the first four on the road, uh, the MTSU's at James Madison the first game. They're they're making their move. Um, mm-hmm. But James Madison's a seven-point favorite already. But that's early. But And then you go to Colorado State. Then you got TSU at home, which is a, a big uh, area game that I think will be fun. And then you got to go to Miami. So that kind of looks a lot like what MTSU went through last year. Oh, it's very similar, you know, particularly before, you know, Marshall Southern Miss and Old Dominion officially, you know, got their exit fees in to officially leave the conference. I think the the schedule is literally almost the mirror of what it was last year. And, then, you know, now they've inserted a couple other schools later in the slot. But you're right, that the early part of the season um, has potential to be really tricky to navigate with all those road games early on. You know, obviously Tennessee State being at home is going to be an incredible environment for our first home game of the season on week three. But James Madison, you know, getting a chance to, to move up and, you know, we're their fifth home game um, at, at, at the FBS level that year. So that, that was a huge deal, I know, for the Dukes to be able to, to get us to come there. Um, and that game is sort of predicated on the fact that Mizzou canceled their game where they're supposed to come here and play us. And so, you know, good job by Chris Massaro to, to, to get such a quality opponent um, in that regard. And, and I, I'm excited to see that game personally. You know, James Madison, similar to Sam Houston, has been really successful at the FCS level. And, you know, it will, will be a good challenge for, for Middle coming down there. But, one, I think that Middle feels they have a, a pretty good shot at winning that game potentially. You know, mentioned just a seven-point dog at the moment. Hopefully that line will go down as, as the game gets closer. And then, you know, Colorado State is going to be an incredible road trip for these guys. You know, I, I'm ex- that, that's a gorgeous stadium that the Rams play in. And it will, will be a really quality opponent as well. But also one that I think Middle feels they have a good shot knocking off on the road. And so, you know, if you come out of those, you know, Four games, you know, three and one, or even two and two, you're probably going to be feeling pretty good about your chances to have a successful conference season once conference play starts that next week. Yeah, and you know, one thing about this conference, I say it every year: somebody you think it's going to be really good, 
falters, mm-hmm. somebody you think it's going to struggle has a great year, and um, and that and, and along with, you know, Coach Stocksell's team have had the knack. You think, uh, well, they're going to be in trouble this week. They find a way to win a game, maybe they shouldn't. So uh, it's 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 always wacky in Conference USA. Oh, I mean, that was that was one of the first things I learned, you know, going through my first season of Conference USA football. You know, UTSA, last year's champ, you know, was a theme I think that most people thought would be decent last year, but no one thought they were going to be, you know, as good as they were, you know, just, just one loss on the entire season at the end of it for, for the Roadrunners. And, you know, UAB is now in a point of transition, you know, with Coach Clark retiring, you know, due, due to the medical issues that he's facing. And so, so that'll be an, an intriguing opponent. And then, you know, particularly this year in Conference USA, now they, there's no longer divisions. Uh, it's going to be a really wide-open race to get those top two slots to play in the conference title at the end of the year. And like you said, we, we really don't know how the chips fall. And you know, part of that's sort of how rosters are often constructed in Conference USA with so many transfers coming in from either Power 5 institutions or junior colleges. You know, those rosters can look really different year to year. And so I, I'm excited to see how the chips fall. I think it's, it's going to be another really exciting season of Conference USA football. All right, Sam, I appreciate you um... – Joining us today, appreciate your fine work with uh, GoBlueRaiders.com, uh, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Monty, for having me. I had a really great time. That's Sam Dowton, the beat writer for GoBlueRaiders.com. They'll do it for today. MTSU uh, Senior Women's Athletic Director Diane Turnham joins us tomorrow. She's always a great guest. You won't want to miss that one. Everybody have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>